everybody, and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Adam. I'm Trevor. And I'm Dale. And we're going to do a little bit of Theros uh, talking about the pre-release uh, that just happened this past weekend. Um, I unfortunately did not get to pre-release, and I don't think you did either, Trevor. No, I didn't. But uh, Dale, Adam, what was uh, what was good? Uh, so, yeah, I think we had a turnout about, a, what, 25 to 30 people? Yeah, somewhere so that's Um I saw a lot of people running green-white enchantment stuff, uh, a couple blue-green decks, uh, black-green decks as well. Uh, green seemed to be the common theme in the, from this set. I went with a uh, junk a junk build, so that's uh, green-white-black. What was your pools? Uh, I got a Sestine Champion. Um, that was something that really made my uh, limited deck run. Uh, my big pull was a statue version of the Elspeth that came out. Ooh, sick. Uh, yeah, it actually put in a lot of work. It actually made me look at uh, Escape in a different light in this uh, from that uh, pre-release. Um, before, I was just kind of meh about it. I, was, I hadn't really, like, I was like, it's okay. It's all right. But then, yeah, playing it for the first time, I thought it was a really good mechanic. I've heard that as a general consensus that, like, it... It doesn't look so good on paper, but when you actually do it in action, it's a lot better. Because, like, I, I gotta be honest, when I first looked at it, I thought, I was like, dude, this is just seems steep. Like, a lot of the cards were like, you know, pay three or more mana and exile three or more cards from your graveyard. It just seemed incredibly steep. But, I mean, of all of them, it seems like Euro, the Simic Titan, was probably one of the best, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I... I didn't get to pre-release here. I ended up pre-releasing at a shop near Pittsburgh. I was on a little bit of a vacation. Um, but there were 140-plus at that pre-release. And it, uh, just from what I you know, was able to observe, uh, the destructive cards in the set were absolutely uh, Pelucranos Unchained. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Absolutely monstrous. And uh, Kirobes the Sea God. Really? Yeah. How many people was Cure, running around that? Cure Best the Sea God was just everyone who was in top eight, uh, any blue decks were running Cure Best, Cure Best the Sea God. It's just that powerful and limited. Yeah. Um, the Which is really surprising because isn't it like an eight drop? Seven. Yeah, still. Like, that's, that's wild. I mean, but if you think about it, seven drop gets you an eight eight with Hexproof. One of the best... One of the best uh, things about Limited is it's not an extremely fast format. That's true. Yeah. And when you're getting removal, it's almost always single target. Mm -hmm. So Hexproof 8-8. So you just have the big boy, and he's unable to be messed with with uh, spot removal, which is key in Limited decks. And then you tap down their entire board, and you swing with 8-8. Eight it's a free 8 damage. And then they can't untap. So if they don't get to cast a creature, yeah, that's another solid. free eight yeah. damage. So you know you only start with twenty life. That's sixteen right there. Yeah. And then you take their best thing and you steal it. Yeah. So gross. in li in limited, it absolutely gross. Uh, the Pelucranos being a piece of removal itself, and just fighting everything, and then coming back with twelve counters was just disgusting. Yeah. yeah people were getting imagine. people were getting clapped hard with Pelucranos. Um, that was what I had observed. Another, uh, it was mostly like Rakdos 
Rakdos had a lot of cheap removal. Uh, Elspeth's Nightmare yeah. was nuts. Yeah, the um, uh, Black Saga, right? Yeah. And just the the stuff that that hits, which is destroy target creature and opponent controls with power two or less, uh, in limited, that's a lot. Yeah. How that about is that? pretty much everything. Can we stop real quick and talk about uh, the flavor of that card? So I was watching a video recently that I kind of opened my eyes to it a bit more. Yeah, that's the Phyrexian Obliterator. That's the Obliterator, yeah. yeah. I caught that immediately upon the card being yeah. spoiled. Yeah. So I found out... Hail Phyrexian. <laughs> uh, ...that in the story, um, during the, during this nightmare that Ashiok is uh, letting her live through, she's seeing all the worst parts of her life, and uh, the Phyrexian war on Mirrodin was one of them. So he finds out about the Phyrexian and immediately plays walks off to go try to find him. So... Needs to say, the Phyrexians are going to be in the future at some point. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully soon. They've been teasing it a little bit. Like in Ixalan, there's the Icar Wellspring card that in the flavor speaks of the Phyrexians. And it's actually like a fountain on Ixalan that is leaking Icar. Like, it's pretty sweet. They're teasing us. Yeah. They're like right on our heels story-wise. Like, we, we, we should get it in the next two years, I would think. Yeah. I'd say next year. I was going to say, yeah, definitely. I don't think it'll be this year because this year has been more or less laid out. I mean, it is laid out, but yeah. Hopefully I can see the, the fall set. Too. Potentially, yeah. That'd be dope. I love Phyrexia. <laughs> Do you guys think it would be kind of set up, like, I mean, not to the event, but like set up to where it's like the Gatewatch, whoever it would be, goes and fights them. And they get their uh, butts whooped and they have to fall back, and then eventually lead up to an event set? Or do you think it would be another event set know. right off the bat? Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure where the strategy, where the story wants to go, yeah. you know. I just, like, I'm super excited short-sightedly for, like, Ikoria. Yeah. Yeah, um, same. How about it? Ikoria seems nuts. Um, the return to the return to Zendikar. Yep. Uh, Sans Eldrazi's. So, you know, no more no more tentacles on Zendikar. Hell yeah. Um, so I like the hand. Yeah, I mean, the, the, original, the original Zendikar set was pretty cool. Give um, us the fetches. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> what? Maybe someday. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the what part of Elspeth's nightmare is actually her killing Daxos. Yeah, yeah, that you was know, part she, of it she as well. She runs Daxos through with her spear. Oh. Because uh, the, she thinks he's an obliterator. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then when that's when Elspeth or uh, that's when Ashiok planeswalks away, stops her nightmare, and then she's like sitting there with a spear covered in blood, and like whoever was with her, I can't remember the name, but she sees like Daxos just dead. And she's like, "Uh, what happened?" <laughs> and she's like, "You happened." <laughs> so that was part of like the interesting, yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as limited goes, that card was just insane. It was real good. Um, the, the first the first guy I ended up playing against ripped um, three of the Surge. I can't remember its like full name, but it's the white destroy target creature. You gain life. You gain three life. Uh, it has to be power four or greater. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Triumphant Surge. Triumphant Surge, yep. Yeah. He pulled three of those. His promo was Crack the Sky. So he <laughs> had the white board wipe. Yeah. And then he had uh, two... Uh, not the disenchant. Not disenchant. It was. Uh, it's the exile. Re- re- revoke oh, existence. Uh, 
Yeah, revoke existence. Yeah. yeah. So, pack full of removal. I didn't have enough to deal with it. Didn't have enough threats. Yeah, that's Man. that was pretty much my my, my pulls too. I didn't get to the whole extent of uh, the guy you played, but I got a E to extinction uh, that came out a couple times. Um, that was actually my promo card. And then, yeah, I got the Triumphant Surge and uh, uh, Revoke Essence. Um, that was another piece of removal I had and that escapes me at the moment. But, yeah, really, it was. that's why I kind of leaned toward the uh, yeah. uh, Junk archetype. I ended, up, I ended up running no rares in really? my final build that ended up being uh, Golgari Escape. Yeah, I remember and, telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, the Golgari Escape was real strong, but... I didn't have the the on color rares to pull it off. Yeah, but man, fun set. Uh, the power of those bomb cards, like Hero Best to Sea God, was yeah. just under the radar until limited, and then it was just like people were talking about it just in standard. They're just like, yeah, this card's really busted in standard. Oh really? Yeah. yeah I didn't if, you think... can't, if you can't if you can't deal with it immediately. Yeah. At the very worst, it's an 8-8 with Hexproof. Oh, yeah, I know. I get all that. It's just the fact that it's a 7-drop in standard. Like, that, that you don't see too many of those. I... Yeah, but but think about think about the food decks with Oko that were churning out a Hydroid Crisis. That's fair. You know, for, yeah. you know, 6, which yeah. is, you know, it's a double X, right? Uh, no, no it, it's just one it's X. It's X, but it's half. Yep. You get half the cards and... It's half you know, the life. It, yeah, so... Yeah, it was pretty, pretty ridiculous so that far. That is bonkers. What kind yeah. of deck do you run, Dale? Uh, my pre-release was garbage. <laughs> uh, my promo was the Labyrinth of uh, Skothos or whatever, and okay. yeah, so the I, land, right? It was yeah. trash. And then my pulls were like pretty terrible. So what I ended up doing was just playing a five-color tower. So I basically put every single <laughs> yeah, card I that, that I pulled into a big tower. And I literally played a 98-card deck. And <laughs> it was completely awesome and super fun. Just complete jank with no strategy behind it at all. But uh, round one, I 2-0'd my opponent. Yeah. And the look on his face was just <laughs> priceless. Was worth it. <laughs> yeah, it I can so only imagine. Worth it. It was like great. look at this chump with his uh, ninety card deck. Dude. I will uh, say though, I pulled uh, quite a few of the uh, the blue omens, the scry okay. two draw card, and yeah. those came up quite a bit. And then the uh, the escape mill target player mills four cards, and oh. then the escape. Mm -hmm. So I actually had a few of those and was able to just like keep casting and just keep milling myself and uh, i had the green creature that whenever a land hits your graveyard you gain a life and like so i just was like gaining tons of life on big uh, big swings of life like that and it made the games real grindy and it made it like hard for them to kill me even though i really wasn't doing anything to win the game i was just gaining tons of life so it just you know ground the game real down and yeah they couldn't kill you fast so it just drawn yeah. it out <laughs> it was just silly fun but that's something yeah. i did notice a lot of it was kind of grindy games you either got up on the person fast or you were grinding out till late game win here anyway well like the rakdos the rakdos decks at our at the pre-release i was at uh, a lot of people were running that nyx bloom or nyx born cyclops okay. the one that triples your mana 
no, no not, that's, that's Nick's Blue Mansion. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Next, the Cyclops is just a seven three, mm-hmm. and uh, he costs like four or five. Oh wow! So it was like they were jamming down like one and two cost dudes, and then their three and four slots were like Elspeth's Nightmare and like removal, and then they just start slapping down seven power dudes, and you're just like, well, yeah. What did we do to deal with this? Yeah. Yeah, all in all, I think we all had a good time here. Um, I wish I could have played. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was definitely a good time if you had a chance to play pre-release. Like JB said, this was it was a fun set to draft or to uh, play limited in. Theros is just a a good plane. I don't know, man. Like there's already already a lot of people have an affinity for Greek mythology. It's and definitely it, built in. Yeah, yeah, and it's built into the set very well. I mean, I remember my like when I first started playing Magic. It wasn't during OG Thanos, but or Theros, not Thanos, Theros. And it was around like BFZ Magic Origins time. But I remember the first cards that I like got were like Theros packs from like Walmart or something like that, or Theros packs from like a local game store. And, like, Nylea always was a card that's, like, stuck with me from, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, Nylea, Bow of Nylea. Gotta run, like, the one-drop Sedge Scorpions in a little 60-card deck because they're 1-1 Death Touchers and stuff like that. And those yeah, are the earliest disciple. memories. Yeah, Nylea's Disciple. Like, those are the earliest memories of Magic for me was building, like, a mono-green devotion, janky Theros kitchen table deck. And, like, it's just, it was cool to go back as an, at, at, like... During the time yeah, as a player, I mean, you know it, what I mean? Yeah, it definitely has, like, that nostalgia element yeah, for you Yeah, I well. liked it a lot. Even the artwork on the new Nylea is, like, damn near the same artwork as the old Nylea. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, and she's she's pretty good. And I mean, like, I know exactly that feeling that you're talking about. Like, the first set that I was able to, like, buy my own packs was original Mirrodin. Uh, Mirrodin, Darksteel, Fifth on, And then... When we went back in uh, Scars of Meredith, mm-hmm. man, that was my nostalgia yeah, set. Yeah, like, that would have been sweet. Whew, you know, I like seeing all the the stuff that I remember from when I was just a kid. You know, I didn't have a lot of cash because I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll use my entire amount of money to buy like five packs of Meredith. Yeah. You know, so that was super great for me so I know that exact feeling yeah. when you're just like this is the earliest memories that I have but <clears throat> yeah the the flavor of Theros like just as an example Hactos the Achilles mm-hmm. where the randomly decided converted mana cost is his his weakness mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty great yeah I think that is really cool like really what flavorful. was isn't the Selesnia commander you built she's Based off Jason and the Argonauts, somebody yeah. was saying. The yep. Pileus. Yeah. Over Siona. Yep, Siona. Like, the first Aronian games, like, you got there are the Olympics. The first Olympics. I think yeah, that's yep. really cool. Although, like, they kind of flavor failed in that card. Because yeah. the last thing is you get a gold token. Uh-huh. Right? And I saw it referenced from one of the original Iroan cards from the Iroan games in Theros. It says... Uh, in the Iroan games, you don't win medals, but you win respect or something like yeah. that. Like it was, it specifically oh, yeah. said that they don't win medals. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like you just get a gold token. It's like a red card or like, something, something on the flavor text. Like, come on, Magic, what are you doing? 
Are there any cards that you guys got from pre-release that uh, you guys have fit into your commander decks and worked with a none, little bit? None or? that I got from pre-release, but I've gotten through trading since the pre-release happened. Um, like, uh, Fast as Oracle, for one. Amen. Which is really good, <laughs> which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um... I'm trying to get my hands on your promo, Eat to Extinction, for my Yawgmoth deck as another. I like that removal spell for that deck. I really do. I, I want to give it a shot. Um, five mana is a little exp or four mana is a little expensive, but I think it's still worth it because you're exiling creature or planeswalker, and then you can kind of manipulate your top deck a little bit with it too, yeah. which is pretty good. So there are definitely a few cards. Um, there's a card that I think is really sweet that when I saw him spoiled, I rarely do I see a card spoiled and I immediately just know what kind of deck could be built with it. You know what I mean? Sometimes it takes me a second and I gotta like think, but like uh, Thrix, the Sudden Storm, I immediately was just like, this guy's begging to have an extra extra turn. Oh yeah, that's built around him. I mean, every extra turn spell that's legal in EDH costs five or more for the most part. You know what I mean? Like most of them, not all of them, but most of them. And um, then they're uncounterable. So it's like extra turns for days. <laughs> like throw in some big fatties like like Nezahal or like some Krakens and stuff like that for just extra added stompy measure. You know what I mean? Yep. And then just run like a mono blue control shell. And it seems like it'd be pretty decent. I actually did brew a list. But nice. I don't know that I'll build it, but I did brew a list because I just love to do that. Yeah, I mean, like the first, uh, I, have a, I have a friend who I immediately thought of as soon as I saw this card. He uh, he runs a big blue deck uh, that's just Jenga Taxes. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, like, one of his signature decks because he has a deck for each Praetor. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but his his Jenga Taxes deck is just a control high tide shell. You know, so it's just like, I'm going to high tide and play Omniscience, and then I'm going to win the game. And I feel like... This would could be even better in a big blue shell like that mm -hmm. because of the flash that he has, and because of like even if he didn't have flash, like just the uncounterable five or more spell rider is yeah. just fantastic. Yep. Um, and he flies. He's a four yeah, five such flyer a weird, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just he's, like a he's smash smash of good stuff. What, yeah. How much does he cost? He's five. a five drop. Five. That's not even that bad. For what he does, that's that's reasonable. I Definitely. like it. I like it. Yeah, I, so I could see people who run like control shells like maybe a Baral. Oh yeah. You know, I don't think is I don't think it's viable for CDH no, at all. No. Like just the intensive mana cost, the mm -hmm. uh, lack of specific tutoring in blue. Mm -hmm. You know, you get like long term plans and personal tutor, but yeah. other than that it's just like the uh, you can yeah. oh you can only search for instance and sorceries, but uh, yeah, Thrix was pretty cool. I did uh, I did end up pulling out the full border of him. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. There were a couple other cards. Um, like I know Adam actually was the one who pointed this out to our like group of friends. Was the whirlwind denial? Oh there were, yeah, that. There were a few things in blue that I definitely found that I wanted to try out in some of my CDH decks, namely my Urza deck, and that's definitely one of them. I mean, that's card an auto is include. So good. It is so good. <laughs> that card's really good. I just need a second one from Mizzix, but yeah, that card is so good. Yeah, I also want to try out. Oh, for those who don't know, uh, Whirlwind Denial is for two and a blue instant for each spell and ability. 
your opponent's control counter unless they play f unless they pay four. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a new way to stop the um, the Thassa's Oracle. Mm -hmm. So it's another added spell to the repertoire along the lines of things like disallow, stifle, stuff like that. And um, it works for spells or abilities. And I can tell you right now, in a early in mana intensive game like it happens in CDH, people are not going to be paying the four. No. You know, like straight up. I mean, people don't pay the four for Mystic Remora right now as it is. So, yeah. Let's go ahead. Uh, no, I just was going to say, one of the things that had gone under the radar, um, which is really close to uh, the new one of the cards from the new Commander decks, Mire and Misery, is that Farika's Libation. Oh, uh, what does that one do? Uh, target opponent sacks an enchantment in Ooh. black. Yeah. Thank you for planting black enchantment hate. Yes. Thank you. Man. Now that, if we could just get some more artifact hate too, that'd be great. Again, black getting more white color pie effects while white gets shit on. Again. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, brother. And over again. I'm there with you. But I would like likes to, white, though. I would it's like, like to see something white. Black's getting rid of enchantments, exiling creatures, white's not drawing cards, never drawing cards. <laughs> Come on. Throw us a bone here, man. Give us some draw for white. You just like white because it's bad no if white I would really no don't. mark my words if white would become competitive enough to come at blue or black you'd be like white son i hate white green's the best they're the best color forever no 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 i guarantee you if it got good enough look i'm not saying make it CEDH level good, but I mean, come on. If you gain four life in a turn, you should be able to draw a card on the end step. That's not even overpowered or anything. Like, come on. And that's all white color pie. I'm not saying give us, you know, blue cantrips on white cards, but come on. A prime example is like the birth of uh, Metalis. Like, Melitus. Melitus. Like, its first ability is to search for a basic planes, reveal it, put it into your hand. Why can't it just go onto the battlefield? Exactly. Come on. Like, it, you're, you're quote-unquote making the city. Why can't that card enter the battlefield? It could enter tapped, but, like, why can't it just do it in the first place? I, I don't know. Yeah, white, white got shafted again. It's getting quite irresome. And everybody's like, oh, well, white got Heliod. So what? Okay, so it got one good That commander. doesn't draw me cards. White did get Idyllic Tutor, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't, That's already I, a thing. I, I legitimately don't care what they do with White, because I just don't play it. I mean, even in my Timna and Thrasios deck, it is the definition of a splash color. <laughs> like, it just... It's only in there I mean, for the decent removal that White can afford you for creatures and stuff like that, but like, yeah, I, no, I just don't like I White. I remember back in the day, they used to print, like, White Instant Removal, and it always have like, draw a card tacked onto it. Yep. Why can't we get anything like that anymore? Like, you know, Princess something that is like a uh, Path to Exile or something that draws you a card when, when you cast it. See, now that would be, like, imbalanced, I think. Why? Not, I get what you're saying, but not with that ability. That'd be a little imbalanced. That'd be too good. What? You know what I mean? Blue gets, like, exile blue, a creature blue and draw gets a card. counter a spell and draw a card. Yeah, yeah, but that's th those are both blue things, though. You know what I mean? Like, you're reaching by asking for an exile spell that draws you a card in white. Yeah, you but white I mean? already exile stuff, and they have no draw. So Just write your email to wizards. Draw here, <laughs> write your, your uh, 
Oh gosh, I was about to say something pretty terrible. Never mind. <laughs> Write your manifesto to wizards, and uh, you know, see see if anything comes of it. I don't disagree. I mean, I would like to see a more even distribution distribution of the color pie, but ultimately, for me, if it's not green or if it's not green, blue, or black, I just don't even care. <laughs> like green. Me, even when I'm looking through people's trade binders, I'm like, yep, flip through the white, flip through the red, good. <laughs> yeah, green and blue definitely got a lot of good stuff in this. And set. black, just in general, has been on a power creep for like the last two years. It's <laughs> so. not as bad. Set, but no, but the trend, you know what yeah, I mean? The like, trend the trend has been up. quite high. But anyway, <laughs> we got slightly off topic yeah. there. So, uh, Dale, uh, what are what are some cards you did like out of this that you're going to put into some decks? Um, the Shadow Spear. Yeah, I, I think that card's awesome. That. I put yeah. that in a couple of decks. I mean, just being able to get rid of Indestructible and Hexproof. And it's a, it's an equipment, so you can attach it. But at the same time, it doesn't need to be attached to use its ability. So, I mean, I think that's really versatile. Yeah, I agree. Definitely I think it's a good out. artifact for Did sure. Did anything come up out of it yet? Have you, has it come no. up or anything? No. no. I haven't got any use out of it aside from the attaching it and getting the lifelink yeah. and trample. Um Obviously, the Nyx Bloom. Uh, yep. <laughs> triple Nyx Bloom Ancient. Is yeah. Pretty I want to get that too. I calculated it, and I know it's not like an. Well, I mean, it is an exorbitant amount just for a like normal game, but like with all the other doublers that I have in my Azusa deck already, that puts my forests at tapping for 30 apiece. It's yeah. just egregious. Like, I'll just tap one forest and pay 27 into a Genesis Wave. Uh, thank you very much. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Definitely. I just, I like it. I, I, it is egregious. It's a totally unnecessary, but um, I like it. I, I want to try it out. <laughs> I love doubling my mana in green. Definitely. Um, yeah, aside from that, really, I mean, there's not that much stuff I was, like, super pumped about. I mean... The one in was an enchantment creature that lets you play an additional land and then all your lands. Oh yeah, that, that card is growth. pretty good. Like yeah. that is pretty solid. I slotted that into both my Naya decks like immediately because it's just great for fixing and you know ramping. Um, yeah, I like the Nylea's intervention. I guess too. You know, yeah, I like that card. Search yeah. out any land so you go get your guy's cradle and you know. they go to your hand. That's the only thing that sucks. But like, yeah, you can like. For instance, if you have a Golgari deck, you could go get Herborg and uh, Cobal Cobal Coffers in one go. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're playing degenerately, you can go get your Strip Mine, your Wasteland. Yeah. That's true. true. Yes. I'm picking one up for Lord Windgrace. Yes. You can just call me out. I'm right here. (laughs) That that was definitely shots fired. I did recently. I know I've said previously on this channel before that I did not want to be part of the Strip Mine Azusa Cancer. I did try it. (laughs) <laughs> recently uh not a fan i took it out <laughs> like i just i don't know it's not what i want to do with that deck i really just like green for being big and stumpy i like it in my task of a deck yeah you can get a lot more value out of it in that deck though mm-hmm. with the drawing and ga- or drawing the cards and gaining a, of life and things like that so you know that makes sense yeah yeah I, that's what I, I enjoy so much about it like I like it with uh, random up excavator strip mine burgeoning. Yep, yep. And then just like, oh, you play a land this turn, strip it, and then I'm gonna get my strip mine back. Well, burgeoning can only be uh, from your hand. From hand. Yeah, yeah. 
But I would love that if that worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. Too bad it doesn't. Yeah, yeah that sucks. Be broken. I, that would be broken as hell. <laughs> oh, you play your land, I'll strip you. Oh, you play your land, I'll strip you. Yep. <laughs> That'd be gross. Yeah, but no, no, it's uh, with Random Up Excavator. You can play lands from your graveyard. Yeah, but like burgeoning specifically says whenever an opponent plays you may a land, you may play a land from, your, from your, hand. your hand. So okay, yeah, yeah the yeah. land has yeah. to be in your hand for that to go down. But yeah. again, though, like that would still be pretty gross if it worked. So, oops, I um, played that one a few times. <laughs> <laughs> we did um, full disclaimer now, guys. We did want to take a second and talk about one card in particular that has been getting a lot of buzz. Oh yeah, let's in talk the community about it. as a whole, and um, drop the pain hammer. <laughs> so the card is Thassa's Oracle. Okay, um, love it or hate it, this card is great. This card does win games and can win games in pretty much any deck that runs um, black or blue, black and blue, even just blue. You know what I mean? But um, if you're, I mean, I can run. Gissa and Garolf, which is just a no-name Demir. I can run Mirko Vosk as my commander and just win with a demonic consultation. Thassa's Oracle, like it. Uh, three mana. Yeah, three mana. Win con. Um, instant that, speed. That instant speed and that. By the way, you there is no scenario where you lose the game. <laughs> like there's no scenario. Like. Or unless you well, there's one scenario where you lose the game, and that's if you stifle the trigger. And it just, it's bonkers good. It is really good. The only thing I really don't like about it is, like, man, I already play against so many lab man. Like, I, I lose to lab man so much already as it is. And then the Jace, and then now this, and it's just And like, this card's better than both of them. That's what's crazy. Now. It's like every blue deck that I play up against, dude, is like... I'm gonna lose because of Labman or that or Jace. Like, yeah. and it's just. But Labman has same. always been a staple win con of a blue deck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's always been like, even when it was like old janky. Like, I'm gonna enter the infinite and win with Labman, or I'm gonna level or Labman. You know what I mean? Like, it's always been there. You know? Yeah. Like, I but, mean, I don't have a problem with that. It's just like, kind of gets boring when you just no, like, I play, agree. Play against that over. And I over. agree. Well, so. I just thought of another situation in which you can. Lose with Thassa's Oracle, Demonic Consultation. Um, stifle the trigger. Or with the Consultation Resolve and the trigger on the stack, force him to draw a card. Yeah, you could do that. That's fair. Yeah. So, But it's, you know, it's blue, difficult. Yeah. Oh. It's incredibly definitely. difficult. You know, if they're, if they're trying to do that, if, you know, in the worst case scenario, they're on turn two or three because mm -hmm. this is a two... To, and it's just a three mana win con. Mm -hmm. You know, either you're trying to trying to do something. You know, target player draws a card, or you know, whatever. Even what blue suns is is three blue. Mm -hmm. So you would, if you were going first, maybe you have the four mana and you can blue suns at them for one. Yeah. With that trigger on the stack, but still. And it's, stroke two stroke of genius is the same way. Yeah, it's three. It's not three blue, but it's three and then X. So you you're sinking a minimum of four mana into that mm -hmm. to try and to try and stop somebody. So yeah, it's very good. Um, Pick up your trick binds and your tails ends and your yep. disallows now. Yep, and the new one, the uh, whirlwind denial. Yep. yep, void slimes are all. But I mean, yeah. even whirlwind denial is a three draw. Yeah. So like, if they went first, 
you don't even have the mana. Yeah. It's just like, poof, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. The be- I think it's just so good. The best part, which, the best part about it for me is like, being the, when you're, when you're the active player, you can get both spells off, no problem. Like, you can just, yep, I'm going to Thassa's Oracle and then hold priority and cast Demonic Consultation. If there's nothing going on, you win, man. Like, you just name your card, exile your deck, let the Oracle enter, well, and you win. You, th- there, you will still get to respond. Those two will still be on the stack. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, but, but that's I, that's why I said if there's nothing, dude, like that's it. That's game over. You know what I yeah. mean? It's super tight. All instant speed. Very cool. I like it. Yeah, and I mean a lot of people were complaining because of that. A lot of people have shifted some of their flash hog strategy to be Thassa's consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think it's worthy of a ban. It's not going to plague casual tables no it's not not in the no no not in the way like demonic consultation and tainted pact are like kind of expensive now yeah now because of yeah so like you're not gonna get somebody who's running you know circu demir lobotomist out of you know maybe maybe that might happen yeah, if right. he got if that person got lucky and pulled it yeah. or something like that. I guess yeah, I'm like, just being biased because our meta. Like I've I've already been going up against demonic consultation multiple times before the set was even spoiled yeah. already. So now it's just like an it's just every person was like, yep, it's getting slotted right in demonic consultation combo. Yep. Yeah, and, and like, I've uh, even heard for the calls of the flash ban. I, I I gotta genuinely say that I just don't think that that's the way to go. No, I could see them doing it, and JB, you and I had this discussion yeah. the other night. They they do ban enablers typically. Um, they have banned Hulk and already unbanned Hulk, so that's not the that's not the line. That's not where they're gonna go. They're not gonna ban the Hulk. The Hulk isn't a problem at casual tables. But let's be serious. Neither is Flash. That card is not played at casual tables. You might see it in tourneys, but again, like Dale and I talked about earlier, that's when money's on the line. That's when it's balls to the wall. Like you, you're gonna see that kind yeah, of stuff. You in the yeah, you're trying. You're actually trying to actively win the game as fast yeah, as possible. Exactly. The and it thing makes sense. though is, is like even if it is at a tournament, you don't want your tournament meta to just be all the same thing, and that's what ends up happening. That is a good just point. Like, yep, you come in and you got sit down with people a playing mirror match of four you know, four Hulk decks. Yeah. yeah, no, I I totally get that. If it's gonna homogenize the competitive EDH format, then that I would agree would be an but issue. But even then, even then, when they unbanned Hulk, uh, Flash Hulk won one tournament. Richard won it with Flash Hulk. Mm-hmm. Duncan won. With, with a Hulk build? No, he didn't. It was first sliver. It was first sliver when he won. His was first sliver. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. And he had changed from Tazri to first sliver. And then the... And Tazri's not even a Hulk build. Yeah. I'm pretty sure more... Oh, wait. More no, I think, he, no I think he is right. I think he did Tim the Thrasios. He didn't win with Hulk a bunch. He kept his Hermit Druid combo in there. I think he, I'm pretty sure he did, but no, I think he's he right. Won yeah, with even then, he won Josh with that won deck. with a mono brown white deck. <laughs> yeah, well, he's <laughs> yeah, just awesome. He always, Josh always builds just well, bananas that, decks. No, so. that that deck came out of nowhere, and uh, uh, the shout out to the 99, their uh, YouTube channel, 
was where he got that idea, built that straight deck, and brought it in, and no one was prepared for it. Yeah, no, and definitely just not. like just like you had said, you know, a couple episodes back, I think someone could come in with a tuned Godo list and just smash people. Oh yeah, because nobody's expecting it's, that. Yeah, yeah, it's not our meta. Like it's yep. something completely out of the meta. Like Dale, I would pick you to be like one of the people who could fight against a Flash Hog deck because you play against it in those tournaments that often. But I still think the spread is good enough where, you know, we didn't have 35 people playing 35 Hulk decks. Yeah, there was like six Hulk decks. Is that a percentage of the meta? Yeah, but that's also a competitive meta. If you look at a top eight of a GP, you know, if X percent is like 25 or over of one deck, that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, and then even then they'll look, you know, it's not Oko. It's not, you know, 100% Oko's in the top eight and one anti-Oko build. Yeah. That's uh, when you know it's a problem. I'm yeah. really curious. We got a tournament coming up this weekend, and I'm going to be really surprised if half of the people in it aren't playing some type of Flash Hall or, or, yeah, Let me put it to you this build. way, though. Let me put it to you this way. And this is not to sound like pretentious or be a douche or anything like that. You cannot just come in there on at the last minute and throw together some janky-ass Flash Hulk build and think you're still going to win against the dudes who have been playing it for a while and who have repetitions and who have spent yeah. the money. And, like, I again, agree. I'm not trying to sound pretentious. 100%. But, like, dude, if some if somebody came in here, like, you know, like, certain yeah. people came in with that deck, it'd be like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not, like... They haven't put the time in and learned the play lines. And, like, they might have watched a YouTube video or two, but, like, they might not understand the subtle interaction and, like, how to get out of certain situations. I just... And that's where I think people will make the mistake. Because I think you're right. I think we are going to see a couple more people build decks like that. But that's where the mistake is going to lie. Is they're going to think that that's all it takes to be able to win a tournament is to have a deck like that. It's like, no, dude, you gotta, you do gotta put your work in and like learn it. Yeah, know well, your lines, and, like, know, know your what play to lines. Do. Yeah, I mean, like, be able to take a so now, like, you know, you're sitting playing kitchen table. Like at my house, we don't do the London Mulligan. We don't. You, you take seven, regardless. We're just playing. We're just having fun in the tournament. If that's how you play at your house, you don't, like now, when we are getting ready, we do the mulligan because that allows us to make sure that we do yeah, have a deck up. that's good to go and can function off of any kind of a hand and stuff like that. If you're just playing to play and you're not incorporating every aspect of it in there to learn how to take a hand, learn how to mulligan. That is it one just, of the most subtle skills. Is how to magic, mulligan. Is yeah. how to mulligan. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's not even something that I feel fully confident with sometimes, to be honest with you. I, I can't tell you how many times I have taken a hand that's like, dude, this is this is not great, but it's playable. But uh, it's not quite what I want. Pitch it. And then I'm just drawing, like, no landers <laughs> like, yeah. for, like, two hands after that. And suddenly I'm at four cards. You know what I mean? Like, like it just it sucks. Yeah, and it is a skill. And I definitely think, you know, even in our shop, like, I am not a Flash Hall player. I'm just not. Yeah. It's not my style of deck. I don't really like it. If you handed me your Flash Hog deck, could I put up some results? Oh, I'm sure you Probably, could. Yeah. You've played against it. Only because I have played against it so yeah. often and like I know the interactions and stuff. Yeah, I would still stumble with mulliganing. Mm -hmm. I would still stumble with the more intricate 
parts of the, yeah. of running the deck. Like, do I keep this hand? Is this something I can you know get to a certain like, play line quickly of, with? In competitive EDH, especially when you're running something like Flash Hulk, uh, I think one of the more subtle skills, along with mulliganing, fetching correctly. I agree. Fetching correctly, making sure that your lines that you have in your hand, and you're planning ahead. Yeah. So you're like, you know, when you know that your Flash Hulk deck is like, you know, sixty percent this and thirty percent that and ten percent and you know some yeah. of it's multicolor and blah 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 and you're you're trying to fix your own mana and you're trying to do it on the fly when you're fetching, I think that where is part of where the piloting your reps yeah. come in yep. is, is during that skill. It's yeah. just, and that's not to say that some kid who you know spent like the last week preparing for this tournament can't come in here and win a couple it's just i don't know that people should necessarily be banking on doing that and i also don't think that building a deck to specifically combat a hulk deck is a viable strategy either because what happens when not ever because i can tell you right now i don't think i'm gonna play flash hulk this weekend because i've heard some stuff about what's going on around here as far as deck building is going and stuff like that and i think people are expecting it and I want to come in there and slide in with something different. Plus, I've played a different deck in every tournament I've played in. So, like, I just want to keep that going. I mean, you know we, I mean? we know the meta really well here, so we can make decisions based on that, and anybody in their meta can too. And, like, I know all the people who have Flash Hulk decks, yep. who, like, have the cards to build the deck, and they've played the decks before, and it's not just going to be some random person that yeah. all of a sudden is going to build it and come in and play it. No, like... We know who plays those decks, and the people who do are good at it because they've got the reps in. And, I mean, sometimes I just uh, – it's just like, ah, man. I understand. Yeah. I see it. I understand but, your point of view. Like, I'm not even – I'm not even – it is frustrating. It is frustrating. I can totally see that. I just – I guess I just have that if you can't beat them, join them mentality. <laughs> so I was just like, well, I'm just uh, going to do it too. You that's know what what, I mean? that's so. pretty much where I'm at. I'm like, I don't like playing combo decks, yeah. but I was like, fuck it. I'm going to build this Siona, just Selesnia, every yeah. combo I can possibly do. And yeah. I've been doing nothing but playtesting that for like two weeks now just so that I can learn the mulligans to learn the lines, know what I need Absolutely. to like fetch out what I and need that's to the hear. x factor so just that's finish your isan deck like, just finish your isan deck it's been six seven months <laughs> just finish your isan deck how do you feel about that combo deck now how do you feel about combos playing combo deck they are fun right there is about val- it's to all me, right to me it's fun don't lie to us like we have another friend who feels very similar similar to you of uh, wesley he doesn't really He's not huge on the fast combo wins, but there are times where he pulls out Krenko and just jams out a win before turn five mm-hmm. with Krenko, and he loves it. Yeah. I don't think sometimes he likes to admit that he loves it, but there is... It's fun is subjective. Fun, to me, is trying to grind out a turn two win with three other competitive decks bearing down my neck. That's fun as hell to me. Definitely. It's also fun as hell to me, though, to just sit back in a pod and maybe just see what I can just do stuff. Just do stuff uninterrupted. It's all subjective. Some people only find that fun and they think that. But I think once people start to dabble in the combo and start to find that they can win, like, end games on a dime when they need to, it becomes like, a little more fun. Like, I've ran the Sanguine Bond Exquisite Blood, like, for yeah, a little yeah. while. And then after a while, it's just like, okay, it's boring to just go tutor and get that. Yeah, what else sure. can I do? And then, like, 
with the hill yacht i built that and like played it for like a week and a half and just constantly just combo win by and that's the heliod ballista combo yeah Yeah, and just constantly do it to and it was just like okay i had my fun it was cool it's super easy to do like i would imagine anybody who wants to build that deck can do it very easily and learn how to pilot it pretty quickly because it's just you know the two combos and that's all you're going for super quick and it's mono color too which makes a lot of it makes it a lot easier too yeah fixing is just non-existent exactly you have your you have your I got bored with it super quick, though. That's why I built the Selesny one, because I was like, all right, this adds in a bunch of other lines and different combos. So I got so many combos in there that it's not just go get Ballista, Ballista everyone to death. It's, you know, yeah, you make decide infinite it. dudes, attack you. You know, you can get the Ballista if you want. You can gain infinite life. You can blasting sack all your station, dudes. You can you blasting can, station. Yeah. yeah, like there's so many different routes that that just makes it fun. But... You know, at the same time, like you said earlier, there might be too many combos in there. Like, if I want to play it in the tournament, maybe I should take some of them out to just make it more fine-tuned right into that one combo and go for that. Like I said earlier, I had that issue with Muldrotha. I was, like, trying to do too many things at one point in its infancy, and I was just like, I gotta lose a couple of these win cons and just focus on like these three maybe two to three win cons and really develop those and then branch out from there once they're supported well enough you know what i mean if i even do that so yeah definitely yeah, yeah tournaments are a whole nother beast yeah casual, definitely so, it's yeah. true and that's ultimately brings us back to the beginning of the discussion why i don't think banning flash is really the answer it doesn't affect casual tables it, it just it's not the answer if you want to ban something, you ban the fastest Oracle. The fastest Oracle is ridiculous. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and play games. It, it, it is a ridiculous card. Um, but they won't. They just they just printed it. You know what I mean? I, I think only time will tell. Yeah, You definitely. know what I mean? It's I, definitely a time will tell yeah, scenario. Time will tell. Primeval Titan was legal in EDH for a while. Yeah. And then it was just like, ah, this, this is too is one-sided. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sylvan yeah. Primordial was the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just only time will tell. And, uh, I mean, I know you built the Siona, uh, the Pileus deck, and I just wanted to uh, kind of wrap up our podcast today by talking about the, the deck yeah, that yep. I built was uh, Perforos the Bronze-Blooded. Man, I, I like red when it gets, you know, sneaky, sneaky combat trick effects and cheating things into play. Um, so, yeah. You got what about like seven, eight reps in on me yesterday? Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like, what did you, what did you think about it? Honestly, honestly, I think it was pretty good. It was consistent, which was sweet. You know what I mean? I mean, there were a couple times where like, I think the one game you like quote unquote got mana screwed with that, but that was only because I terracid on three of your lands. Yeah, know? and one was Nikthos. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. It, you can't really call that a mana screw, but like, yeah, I think if you threw in like faithless lootings and cathartic reunions and things like that, yeah, I definitely need a little more draw power. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I mean, if you're unfamiliar with Perforos the Bronze Blooded, he's a five drop. He's four and a red for a legendary enchantment uh, creature. Uh, his static effect is other uh, creatures you control have haste, and then he has the sneaky little ability, which is two and a red. Put a red or an artifact creature from your hand into play. So he enables the haste for that creature just by being alive. And at the end of the turn, you sacrifice that creature that you've put in to play. So I did a bunch of 
things that take advantage of uh, end of the turn effects and stopping them with Sundial of the Infinite. Now, Sundial is that's a pretty standard effect if you've ever played like against big red decks that are trying to like Isochron Scepter Final Fortune. Mm -hmm. That's pretty standard. Uh, you've seen Sundial. You've seen it maybe uh, the Geist of Saint Traft decks where his tokens go away at the end of the turn and they keep the tokens by ending the turn with that trigger on the stack. Uh, I do the same thing. I put a Blightsteel out and it only costs me one mana to end the turn. So as soon as the turn's about to end, I'm about to lose my Blightsteel. I end the turn. I got a Blightsteel for three mana. Uh, I run... What's that? I'm broken. It's pretty good. Uh, I do run a bunch of the on-color combos. I run the Godot-Helm combo. Yep. And the Godot-Helm combo works extremely well because Godot costs six mana. So a Godot deck, you know their target, whereas I can do it for three mana less. Yeah. So that's pretty nice. Um, running some of the uh, more kitschy red cards like Warstorm Surge and Dictate of the Twin Gods, things like that. Uh, I you use, have to. Yeah, I mean, I use a lot of the, the artifact... Uh, recursion like goblin welder goblin engineer because the engineer finds me my sundial and if perf is on board gets me my sundial that turn and then I can start doing shenanigans um, mimic vat tokens exile at the end of turn so you can keep your mimic vat tokens Ooh, which is pretty yeah. spicy yeah I think you, you did that to me yesterday yeah, yeah. throw uh, uh, some you know, it, it honestly doesn't even matter what you throw under Mimic Bat most of the time because Red's creatures in this sort of build have a lot of just value. So, like, your Dockside Extortionist, uh, your Blight Steals, your Combustible Gear Hulks, things like that. Yep. Um, I do run uh, Core Clan Ironwork and yeah. Ashnod's Altar Loops with the uh, Nim Death Mantle. So. You can run uh, Mere Battlesphere, which I run because I can cheat it in for three. And the Dockside Extortionist uh, can net you infinite mana if your opponents are playing artifacts. Uh, which, at a casual table, if you're going to do that line, and you're probably going to get five or more. You have to net five to net one. To get one. Yeah, you have to, gro you have to gross five to net one, essentially. With that loop, um, I run Insurrection, Dude, which, really? nice. which gives your creatures back at the end of turn. But if I end the turn, they're just mine forever. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I Freuders grasped his ex Insurrection yesterday because he, he, you did it to me once, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. gross. Oof. Yeah. The, uh, he took, what, you, you took all of my big green, green stuff. Yeah, I let you, like, barf out all your crap. Yep. And then I stole it and killed you with it. Yep. But the, uh, all those end-of-turn effects, like Sundial is probably the linchpin for the deck. Oh, yeah, for sure. It can function, but, you know, every time I was playing against his Azusa deck, he just had Crows and Grip every time. It was just like <laughs> yeah, every I single do. time. I did, too. Crows and Grip for life. Yeah. yeah. Split grip, second, man. great mechanic, turns out. Uh, <laughs> so if you lose a Sundial, like, What's your game plan? I can recur it. I have a lot yeah, of recursion. Yeah, he's got, plan. like he said, the gun. welders, engineers, yep. stuff like that yeah. that I can 
cheat out, give, have it, have haste because of uh, Perforos, which Perforos cheating things out and giving them haste, uh, fantastic for dodging counters. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Goblin Engineer's a two-drop, but he can be countered. So I throw him in with Perforos, give, and he has haste, to get my Sundial back, because I know it can't be countered now. Yeah. You know. He did that to me a couple times yesterday, yeah. where I was like... I had counterspells in my hand. I think it was the first, what, two games we played? Yeah. I played Muldrotha, and I had counterspells in hand, but, like, I couldn't counter. I didn't have, like, Disallow or Void Slime, so I was kind of dead in the water. Because once I drop the Blight Steel with the effect, it is... Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. yeah, it's there. The one game that I won yesterday was pretty sweet. JB uh, had dropped in the Blight Steel. I was able to block just enough to be at nine poison counters and then win the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, thank God. <laughs> it was so close. It was yep. so close. Yeah, the, uh, that, uh, that was a good game. That was a good game. Uh, we had a lot of good ones yesterday. We probably played like eight or nine games yesterday, I think, and honestly. One of, one of the cards that I had talked to you about yesterday that is going to make its way into my list um, turns out Lightning Greaves and a Perforos the Blonde Bronze Blooded Deck is a. Uh, Unnecessary. Unnecessary, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, because if you're trying to remove whatever I put you know, into play, I can end the turn. Sure, I'll lose it, but it won't get exiled. Yeah. You know, if you're about to path my Blight Seal, I can end the turn so that it just sacrifices itself and then goes back in my deck. It's just not out of my library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm pulling out Lightning Graves and I'm putting in Painter Servant. So... I just didn't own a painter servant, so it didn't really cross my mind. But uh, I just remember sitting there playing against Trevor, and I have in my hand Kozilek and Ulamog. And I'm like, these are neither artifact creatures, nor are they red. But I know of a way that can make them red, and it costs two mana. So it's a pretty pretty good, uh, oh, here's my red Ulamog, yeah. you know, swing Annihilator 4. And then I can stifle the trigger or whatever on the with Sundial, but it was it was a pretty fun deck to play. I was super excited, and I mean uh, I did end up getting a Perforos the Bronze Blooded. I didn't have one, but I did end up uh, getting one. So it was the first time I've ever seen JB play with proxies. Was yesterday. I, the first uh, he, time he jump on the they were like my I'm laughing too because mine like are quote unquote good proxies where it's like a piece of paper and it's nice and it's written on there. He's just got like tokens with just sharpie, just like this is <laughs> this is astronaut's altar. Yep. It's just like yep. That was Yay, JB. I, I proxies. Hate, <laughs> I hate proxies. That's just me. It killed me inside to yeah. write. Yeah. But hey, altar. man, like you, you know, you don't. You gotta know if the deck's gonna work first before this game is expensive, you know. Yeah. And you gotta know if the cards are gonna work first before you play them. I didn't have a problem with it, obviously, but I just had to laugh because I was like, I I've known you for at least a, a year or two now, and it's like, I've never seen him use a proxy, not once. And yesterday was the first time. I was just, yeah, I was just like, I mark my calendar using like, oh, here's my mana drain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had one. I'm like, yeah. I just didn't want to switch it back and forth. Yeah. It's lazy. Do you uh, have, have Ilharg in there? The Raze Boar. No, I don't own one. 
Yeah, on one. No. Just proxy it. No. <laughs> the only reason I proxied the Ashnods, it was because I own like three Ashnods, and yeah. I just was trying to jam that deck as fast as possible. Yeah. What was so, the other one? Zealous Conscripts. I yeah. think you had. You the, had it's it's too, actually but. here. Oh, I, yeah? All my Zealous Conscripts are in the boxes that we were sorting. <laughs> so I was like, ah! Because it's like a... It's like a 50 cent rare yeah yeah so i was just like i don't have it in my non it's not like 20 dollars in overvalue but it's not five bucks it's like right in that middle yeah, I, have, yeah. I have like one of those 800 count boxes like half full of stuff and so yeah. it's not in there and it's over here in my bulk and his shop was closed so i was like ah, i have to yep. write zealous crown yeah, on a piece of crap for the record code. i'll never say a word about it I just had to laugh because it was the first time since i met you that like it, uh, that i saw you use a proxy yeah, I, I had to laugh yeah, I, I, good times. Yeah, I <laughs> but the deck in general, uh, I think, is super fun. Um, big red artifact strategies are pretty much everywhere. Uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah. like look at Goto. We just talked about Goto. Yeah. Uh, Goto's pretty pretty nasty. Duretti scraps of lot too. People like to play him. Oh, the Duretti stacks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. those, those are pretty gross, especially for like, I mean, casual tables. Any big red artifacts with stacks in it is just like, Ugh. yeah, you know. And one of the things that I stranglehold, I you're right. <laughs> oh, I actually do have one of those. You should throw that in there, man. We dude, we tutor. Yes, that gets out of our decks. In well, this I th- how many times the damping sphere. Dude, I wrote yeah, damping yeah, sphere that's right. in my in my red deck. It slowed me down hard. Yeah, I don't run the mana doublers because I a I don't have extra, so I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And B, the deck is so low to the ground with the three mana cheat stuff in that I really, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But, you a know. A Cage Sun wouldn't hurt you, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't... Yeah, the whole the whole having people's mana tap for just colorless is pretty hilarious. Yeah. And yeah. then even the whole, like, pay one more for, like, the, like, the anti-storm the storm, effect. Yeah, yeah, the like, storm That was what was getting me the most. Dampening Sphere. Oh, is, damping yeah, sphere. it was yeah. just okay. for two it was, mana. It was slowing me up yesterday for sure. Like I was like having to really be like on top of my choices as to what spells I would play. Like I would almost always, ha- I had or like I would three or almost. Four games. You did, yeah. I would almost always have had two or th- like one or two more things I could have done if that dampening sphere wasn't out. So yeah. it really made me have to choose a little bit harder. I liked it. I want it. That's a card that when it came out, I like thought like this. This could be good, but I never saw it used. I never tried it myself. Yesterday, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, like this. It's well, pretty I, I have never used it either until that deck, yeah. which is why that one game we were like just completely didn't remember what it was doing. Remember, oh, it was yeah, against yeah, Yogmoth. Yeah. You were like Yogmoth. tapping Nykthos and doing all oh, that, yeah, and, like yeah. stacking stuff to Phyrexian Tower, and I was just like, yeah, this is fine. And then I'm like, wait. Yeah, that was like none of the, that's that like, was like ten five, turns. Yeah, just, yeah, five turns ago, I played this, and we've we've just forgot all about yep. it. So, rip. But <laughs> I actually, it's funny. I have a mono red deck at home that I've been messing around trying to build. It's like not done or anything, but I have damping sphere in there as well because I was going to build Ilharg and like kind of do like the same effect as Perforos a little bit. But like, yeah, I put it in there. I haven't played it or anything, but. I mean, yeah, it's solid. If you're not trying to double your mana and, like, get tons of mana, like, definitely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Stranglehold and Dampening Sphere against stuff in our meta is just... 
And I found a really great rare from Scars of Mirrodin that I can't wait for you to see. Uh, Tunnel Ignis. Yeah. (laughs) If you play a land other than your first land per turn, take three damage. So, like, your Tatiova deck is just... It's a a two-drop. Yep. You played Tunnel Ignis against me in, like, the first or second game I think we played. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only game that I ended up getting. I think I have one of those at home, too, because I put that in my uh, mono-red, like, Zozu-style deck. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) What's the one that Wesley runs all the time? What's that? It's uh, whenever you tap a land on an opponent's turn... Oh, you gotta sack it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Price of Glory. Yeah, Price, Price of Glory. Glory. Yeah. yeah. That one's Price sucks. of Glory. Also in there. Yeah. Also yeah. super good. Yes, it is. Sad. Price Very of Progress point. should also Sorry. be in any mono red deck as well. Like, What's that one do? Oh, every uh, target per, like oh, each player takes two damage for each non basic land. Yeah. Takes Jesus. yeah <laughs> damage equal to twice the number of non basics they have. So it Ooh. definitely hits everyone hard who's not playing. Mono. Oh oh yeah yeah yeah. I I think I used to run that in my um. I had a Borborigmost enraged. I called it landing bolts deck because it's just you know you have lands in your hand you can throw them away for dealing three damage. Yeah. I ran it in that deck. Yeah, I do remember that card. It's good. Yeah yeah, it's a very good card. Stranglehold though definitely. Yeah, Every mono down. red deck has to run Stranglehold. It's yeah. like one of the most powerful like red mono effects. red effects. We up. do tutor like something fierce in this meta. <laughs> like, no, Why do you think I, I have to buy like cases of Dragon Shield sleeves? Because <laughs> I'm shuffling all the time because I'm tutoring all the time. <laughs> yep, that'll do it. But yeah, that was just uh, my... There's obviously a lot more cards in the deck. I didn't want to have to, you know... There's a lot of mono red just staples in the deck, yeah. and you know Blood Moon, mm. you know get out of here with your Magus of the Moon and yeah, yeah the Magus I, of the Moon. Came I up Magus on of me the Moon him yep. twice or three times. Yep, like, <laughs> I think it was twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hate that it. was gross. Oh, so good, such a good effect. But uh, yeah, I've, I'm running stuff like that. That's just pretty standard for mono red decks because mono red decks are at the point where they're trying to slow the other colors down from being other colors yeah. just yeah. as much as possible i wasn't paying attention to one game too when magus was out because i i had like I had necropotence out and reliquary tower so i'm like oh dude i'm, I'm set i'm good to go he's got he, magus he I necro a bunch for like yeah a bunch like more than seven and then he's just like oh yeah that's a mountain by the way and i'm just i discard them and they go to exile because of necropotence <laughs> like well great that's just <laughs> thanks oh, that was great. yeah, yeah was, i was good i just like i was looking over i was like how many cards you got in your hand, bud? (laughs) You're like, 10? I'm like, that reliquary tower is a mountain. He's just like, ah. Yep. Just out of nowhere. But But that about wraps things up for this evening. Uh, We did want to obviously uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, the Comics Vault. And the Comics Vault is actually going to be sponsoring our next contest. Yep. So, So, yeah, we're going to let Dale take it over from here. All right, so for this uh, giveaway that we're going to be doing, it's going to be when we hit a thousand followers on our Instagram page at Commander's Vault, uh, we're going to give away a Theros Beyond Death bundle. That's the 10 booster packs. You get the spin down, you get the uh, half foil lands and lands. And they are not Nick's basics, by the way, everybody. I made that mistake. So just, yeah, just, they're just a regular disclaimer lands. there. They're regular lands. Um, along with that, we're going to give away two Theros Beyond Death uh, collector boosters and a uh, promo 
pack of Theros Beyond Death for the giveaway. Yeah, pretty definitely a solid giveaway. Yeah, I mean, those way to collectors go packs small. alone. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, as always, Neil always gives spoils us a little bit. He does. He does. Definitely. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah, then they can enter. Uh, you can. Uh, I'll make a post later. It'll be on there before this episode airs. But I'll make a post specifically for the giveaway, and I'll post it on the com- uh, Commander's Vault page, and I'll post it on my page, uh, MTG underscore Survivalist. And uh, all the details and rules for it will be there. It'll be pretty standard. Just you know, tag a few people in the post itself, and then uh, screenshot it and share it on your page. Will most likely be the rules. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. we're a hundred a hundred followers away from hitting a thousand which is follower crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, thank thanks thank you. Everybody, everybody who has uh you know checked us out and uh enjoys our content and if you know you obviously if you have any ideas of stuff you would like to hear about or you know how many we're always available on uh we have our what the facebook page we have the commander's vault we do we do uh if we can get more traffic on there that'd be great i would totally be more up on it but like we really we really function almost solely through the instagram um we do have a couple local people that get on the facebook but that's really about it but i'd I'd love to make it more of a thing yeah i mean i'm always down to talk commander uh i'm maybe you know maybe i'll put together a discord yeah, or something. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just have a Discord server where people yeah, that'd be really talk about just get together and chat. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. But uh, thanks everybody for uh, checking us out. I'm JB. I'm Adam, and I'm Trevor, and I'm Dale, and uh, have a good night. Peace, guys.